Gather around the game table with Kristen. And Spin. To find out what? Plays well with two. Plays well with two was recorded in front of a live studio audience of her dogs. Today we are here with another top ten, which is your favorite. And today it's going to be top ten two-player only games. The long-awaited return of the top ten. There are a lot of games that I thought would instantly make my list until I looked at them on BoardGameGeek and realized that they could support more than two players. Uh, The criteria that I'm using is super-duper strict. It is exactly two players, no more, no less. If it has a solo mode, it's out. If it's clearly a two-player game, but there are variants that let you play with more, it's out. It is two players, end of story. I, I wasn't as strict. Uh, if there's a solo game, yeah, that's fine. If, but for example, one of our favorite games ever, Memoir Forty Four, isn't on my list because technically you can play Overlord map with lots of people. Or if you're lucky enough to have the D-Day landings map, eight people, which I think it'd be. I said lots of people. Oh yeah, I just. It blows my mind even trying to think of getting eight people in a room together who like to play memoir that much. That I would think that you'd have to do that at a con or something, but how fun would that be? It'd be so cool. Unless you're playing with someone that uh, is not very good and like leaves a flank open. You're like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> yeah. So... Also, when looking at this list, I generally start with games that we own. And so I filtered by two-player only. Wow, have we gotten rid of a lot of two-player only games. We have. We used to... There was a time in our gaming career, I guess, sort of, that we aspired to collect every one of the Cosmos two-player line. And we were pretty close to having all of them at one point. We even had some of the imports. Yeah. And just like the uh, the bear one. Um, what is that one called? Das Compass. Some. 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 Oh yeah, uh, the tie-in with the Golden Compass movie. Boy, there's a book. That movie's good. Yeah, but I didn't like. I didn't like the movie interpretation. They washed it. They watered it down too much. Yeah, I didn't think they wanted to hit you overhead with all the religious stuff. But the bear, I will agree, the bear parts were pretty awesome. Yeah. And this is what it's based on, is the bear parts. That sounds weird. (laughs) This is not Abomination, the bear expansion. (laughs) Uh, But we actually, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, got rid of our last Cosmos 2 player. We did. This year. Yep. I uh, sold... The tug of war one in the kilts. Um, heave ho, heave ho, yeah. I think that was the last standing one that we had. Which, if I would have taken bets three years ago, that would not have been my bet for last game standing. I would have thought, without a doubt, it would be Jombo, which for a while was one of our favorite games. Right. I just think two player games have evolved so much. That the Cosmos two-player line really shows its age. A lot of those kind of do the same thing with just kind of a different theme. Yeah. Very, very true. So, shall we? 
That we shall. Number 10. My number 10 is a game that we got at Gen Con. It is a smaller version of a larger game, and that is Mage Wars Academy. Uh, Mage Wars Academy, we've talked about in a couple of... It's made a couple of our other top 10 lists. It actually made my top 10 two-player games. Not exclusively two-player, but... Yeah, it it's a good game. It is a game where you are wizards or other kinds of magic users, and you're slinging spells and throwing creatures at one another. And if it sounds a little bit like Magic the Gathering, kind of, but the twist with this is that you get all of your cards in a spell book, and it's a really cool, like, with pages spell book that you put your cards into, so you've got access to your entire magical library. Like a little binder. And it's really cool. Like, you don't have to wait to get that card you really need or you really want to play. It's just there, and you can play it. And the reason I went with Academy over the uh, Mage Wars Arena, or our older version, which is just Mage Wars, is because Academy really cuts it down to the meat. Uh, In the normal one, you've got a map, and you're moving your guy around the map, and some of your spells can, like bring up barriers or that kind of thing. This is just straight up your yeah, it beating gets, the crap out of each other. It gets rid of the spatial element. So that is my number 10, Mage Wars Academy. And my number 10 is Star Wars Destiny. 2016, Fantasy Flight. They kind of just killed it, so there you go. But it is a player versus player dice game. And you have, it's, you know, Star Wars based and the packs, because it was a collectible, had some cards and then one huge chunky die. And it is very, not stimulating. Satisfying. I can't think of the word. But like, oh, the dice are so nice in this game. But... One of the downsides is it was hard to get the dice that you need. Yeah, because sometimes if you wanted a better version of a character, you could use two of that character's dice. Well, if that character is someone hard to find, like, you know, Darth Vader or the Emperor or Luke Skywalker or whoever, you've got, I think it was like a 1 in 8 or 1 in 10 chance to even get an ultra rare in a pack which those characters were. And we actually opened a whole booster box uh, live on Instagram, so you can go check that out. Which was so fun. And we did get five or six Ultra Rares, I think. Yeah, I got the Emperor. But it'd be very hard for him to get another die of the Emperor to play him to his full max, is what I'm saying. But it's very fun. You... Don't really have to, you don't have to battle with mana. You play the card. You can bring out the die. It's back and forth, um, activating one thing at a time. It's really fast, and the husband doesn't love it. So yeah, I don't love it mainly because it is so hard to build a deck uh, to acquire those kind of things. But 
since that game is on the downswing now, I mean, we were able to get that booster box for pretty cheap. Yeah. Uh, now might be the time to buy low on it. But if you like games like... Hmm, what do I compare to? I mean, it's basically like Magic with Dice or kind of... I mean, it's it's a CCG. Yeah. With, uh, with a dice element. I would I would think it's actually more key four G with dice than magic, but yeah, it, it's a very very fun game. I do think that my opinion of it improved last time we played it. And my deck schools his decks. I think is what. Okay, so the game when it first came out had two different starter sets. And the uh, Resistance Starter set, which I had, is vastly inferior to the First Order one because we're just like, oh, like, deflection and healing, and Kristen's First Order is like, murder. (laughs) (laughs) Now, to be fair, you chose to play the heroes, and you traded me a bunch of villain stuff for hero stuff. Yeah, that was dumb. So I do think that colors your experience some. Yeah. But, I I mean, I do think that that kind of shows you, like, when we play Magic and you have these crazy great decks to get just blown away time and time again can be a little demoralizing. I can see that. Number nine. My number nine is actually new to us we realized because our collection was so low on two-player games it's like that's crazy that we looked at our basically to be played piles and there were like three or four games in there that are two-player only so we decided to try to get all those to the table before we made this list it's only fair and it would help me because i was like i don't even know if i have that so This is 2019 from Capstone Games, and it is Watergate. I loved this game. I had so much fun with it. It is uh, an asymmetric, and usually I'm not for asymmetry, but it is an asymmetric game where one player is the Nixon administration, one player is the press, and the Nixon administration, Nixon's just trying to finish out his term, The press is trying to, you know, blow open the Watergate scandal. And it's got some really cool mechanisms. It's this really interesting tug of war game. If you, but if you do not like tug of war back and forth, kind of cutthroat to get that to happen, like you move upon four spaces and your opponent is like, nope, I move at eight and you're back to even worse than you were. That kind of thing. And if you don't like kind of that feeling of being snatched away from you. Yeah. Then you're not going to like this game. It's it's a deck of cards. And you are trying as the press to connect witnesses to Nixon in the middle of this kind of spider web looking board. Think of any like crime shows that you've seen where they have a bulletin board with string and <laughs> tacks. Push pins. Yeah. And so that's what this looks like. And 
you're fighting over evidence on this track, but also, what are the red pieces? Momentum. Momentum. That's not what red is. Seriously. Oh. And you're fighting over that because you need the evidence, but you don't want Nixon to get all the momentum because if he gets, he fills his car with momentum, then he wins. And it's just really interesting. I liked it a lot. It definitely reminds me of 1960 or campaign manager. I think I might like campaign manager a little bit more, but it's just because it's like easier and faster. Yeah. This is definitely kind of a step up in terms of complexity. I, I really like it. I like the tug of war, uh, Norm and again, I normally don't like this kind of game, but this one really did it for me. Now See, it might be the theme. I know you keep saying you don't like this kind of game, but you really like this kind of game. You love nineteen sixty like making asymmetry. of a president. I guess I like the political ones. I only like political asymmetric games. I'm actually surprised you didn't go. Well, you know what? Rebellion—that's about as political as you can get. We don't talk about rebellion in this house anymore, though. Tier. Tier. So it's not really a game that I would necessarily think that I would like either, but I think because it's so fast. It's so fast, so if you do get punished or, you know, you didn't <laughs> win that round or whatever, you can win the next one maybe or something like that. And it is a very critical darling. Like you'll hear Watergate pop up on all sorts of lists, and I get it why. Yeah, it's frequently compared with Twilight Struggle, which is like the granddaddy of all of these games. Yeah. And this looks way better than Twilight Struggle. Yeah. Which Twilight Struggle, it's a longer game with a huge board. And this is actually the size of a Cosmos two-player game. Yeah, I was shocked when I got it. That Me too. It was that small. Yeah. But it's definitely a big game in a small package. Definitely. My number nine is another one of the new games that we played. Um, I'm really glad that we took the time to play these because I had so much fun with almost all of them. This one is Seastead. Mm, yeah. Uh, Seastead is a game that apparently takes place in the Flotilla universe. It's Waterworld the game, everyone. Like, you are going out and diving for artifacts, which are basically your resources that you're using to build things on your little, on these common flotillas. Uh, and it's just, it's a really fun, kind of unique twist on, I'd say a little bit of area control. Yeah. Um, lots of different ways you can get points in the game. Yeah. Uh, it's just a really well put together game. I thought it was fine. I think I need to play it again. Did we go to tiebreaker on that? Or was it one point? It was it really was close. Point. It was a super close game. I don't I don't know what it is that makes me not love it. The bits are are awesome. The board is really cool. I like the idea of it. I don't know. There's something that's Yeah, I don't know. I couldn't pin down what left an unpleasant taste in your mouth with this one. I think it, to me, it was a little bit boring. Oh. 
But yeah, I mean, th this one to me, I didn't find it boring. I thought that the back and forth was pretty interesting. There were sometimes, like, you get the cascade effect on certain turns, like, yeah. okay, because I build a shipyard here, now I get to trigger this over here and move this over here, which triggers this effect, which I means did, I get that. I did really like that. I love cascading in games, so, because it's so uh, fulfilling, but... I don't know. It was a, oh, I use this to put this out, and then I get that. I don't know. I don't know. It looks cool, though. It definitely does. Number eight. My number eight is a game uh, that, you know, if you would have asked me four or five years ago, I would have said, that's impossible. How can you do this? It is a two-player trick-taking game, which seems kind of weird, but this game, Fox in the Forest, does it very, very well. Uh, Fox in the Forest is, I mean, to put it quite simply, a trick-taking game in which you don't want to take too many or too few tricks to score your points. And I think that's where I mess up. I'm like, oh, I take all the things. Wait a second. Too many, too many. And I'm just not good at this game. I do really like it, though. I think it's very clever. And the art looks gorgeous. Gorgeous artwork. Um, it's quick. It's fun. Uh, it's, I mean... Not much more that I can say than it's quick, it's fun, and it's a trick-taking game. Uh, there is, they have another version called The Fox in the Forest Duet, which is a co-op that we own and I haven't played, but Kristen has. And I really liked it. There was one card that I thought was a little weird, but I actually really enjoyed it. And hopefully I didn't spoil something showing up later on your list, but we'll find out, won't we? Oh, my number eight. This is a hidden movement game. I hate hidden movement games. So much. So it is shocking that it is on it. But it is super fast and super fun. And that is Fugitive. Tim Fowers. Fowers Games 2017. In this game, you it is like a caper. And you are running from... Is it the PI? I don't know. Uh, the Marshal. The Marshal. And... You, it's a car, it's card driven, and you have to get to number forty two, and you start at zero, and you can go up by three when you place a card face down because the marshal is having to guess those numbers. So say I put down a two, I could then I could put down a five, et cetera, et cetera, and then you can also kind of be sneaky and sprinting. Yeah, sprinting. Where you tuck other cards, because they also have a sprint value, like one or two steps, to add to the three. And it was just really fun. It both was, ways. I liked it both ways. Yeah. I liked and, being and, the runner, and I liked, you know... And how often being, can you say that with you know, a hidden movement game? Where, generally, I like one way more than the other yeah. one. Yeah. Uh, this one very nearly made my list. It's not on your list. That's really interesting. Um, it is... It was a really hard decision between that and Mage Wars, to be completely huh. honest. Two completely different. Is it because you haven't won yet? 
No, it's not because I haven't won yet. Um, but I I love Tim Fowers' game designs. Yeah, you do. I love Ryan Goldsberry's artwork. And this one, if you've played Burgle Brothers, all of the uh, crew from Burgle Brothers make cameo appearances in the cards, helping the fugitive. It's a really cute box. It looks like a little briefcase. You pop it open. It's just a really... They always do really nice productions. Yeah, this is no exception to that. So if you like hidden movement and you want it in a really small package, really small, quick package, I would definitely say pick this up. And that's kind of a common theme with most of the games on our list is do you want X mechanic in a quick, compact sort of way of playing it? Well, because that's what I want out of my two player game for for the most part. Well, because, you know, memoir, Roman Bones, that sort of thing. You know, they are grandiose games. But the benefit of playing two players is generally you can get a great game in a smaller package. Yeah, it's really if you're a new board gamer, that's not a bad way to start your collection is getting a couple of these good two-player games uh, because you're generally going to pay a little bit less money for them and the good ones are really good. My number seven... The good ones are really good. Thank you. Number seven. My number seven has been done in a bunch of different versions. This one is by Mattel from 2005 and that is Blocus or Blockus Duo. Yeah, uh, this is a great little abstract, which I didn't... Before we got it, I didn't think we necessarily needed the two-player, the two-player version. version. Of, because the base game, you just get double the number of pieces. You play with you two play different two colors. colors. But I like this one a lot because it shrinks down the board... So you kind of get to the meat of things more quickly because the great part of that game is when you finally start connecting together. That's when it gets really interesting. And so it takes away a bunch of the board. So you get to that good part faster and it plays faster that way. Yeah, you are scratching and clawing for prime board position or to block your opponent. Pretty quickly. Really quickly in this. And it is very, very competitive. Um, it is, I assume every version's pretty nice. I mean, if they're all like uh, our current version and like the yeah, we base have the, blockus. We have the black and white version. I really wanted the purple and orange version. There's a whole bunch of different ones out there. Yeah. Um, you have a little... If you've never played the game, you've got a little plastic grid, and then you've got plastic polyominoes of varying sizes, all the way up to five squares on the grid, and you place them at the corners of your other of your other things. You can't touch your other. You can't touch pieces. the flat sides. Yeah, you can't touch the flat sides. Can't be flush against it. Which is really interesting, because I haven't played another game like that. Yeah, but you can be flush against your opponent. Oh, yeah, of And course. frequently that's beneficial, because that means mm-hmm. you're real efficient. Yeah. 
It's very satisfying to be like, oh yeah, look at that. It fits right there. Yeah, look at me. I'm up against you now. Or look at that. I just... That sounds super sexual. Nice. I, uh, it's like, oh, you made that perfect spot for this piece. Ha ha ha. You tried to block me, but I broke through on this diagonal corner that you left a tiny little piece on. Yeah. Uh, real fun. Highly recommended. I do like it, especially if you like abstracts. Uh, it actually... Which, again, is really interesting because I generally don't like abstracts. So I think when you boil it down into a smaller, faster version of things, it can be a little easier to stomach if they're not necessarily your favorite mechanics. Yeah. Uh, this one also was on my short list. It did not make it. Uh, I'm not sure why, honestly. I mean... Kristen was saying that, oh, we, it doesn't look like we have that many games, but I think we've got a good number to pick from. I just think that... Maybe our, I don't like them. <laughs> well, I was going to say, I just think that our tastes are different enough that we're going to have, for once, a wildly different list from one another. Or will we? I bet we're going to see lots of commonality. Speaking of commonality, my number seven <laughs> our is... Our lists are going to be so different. Wait. <laughs> Watergate. Watergate. I knew it was going to be on there. And I get the feeling that it's going to keep climbing up. Yeah. Uh, I I love the detail that they put into the game. You've got pictures of the co-conspirators. You've got ev different events you've got that took place. Uh, references to speeches. You can, as Nixon, you can throw your Watergate burglars under the bus. Uh, to, there's a card called Gambit where it's basically this card leaves the game unless you sacrifice one of your henchmen. I forget the term that they use. I think it might be henchmen. Um, Probably co-conspirators. Something like that. But it, the history... Watergate's always been fascinating to me. The history is there. The gameplay is there. The production is there. The quality of the bits. Being a history buff, I thought you were, like, I figured you would like it even if it was just an okay game. Yeah, I mean, you got me there, but this was a really good game. But the game. fact that it is also a good game, you know, catapults it up pretty quickly. Number six. My number six is a game by Mattel. It is a little bit difficult to find sometimes. Another Mattel game. Another Mattel game. Mattel has quietly put together a very solid little collection of games, both two-player and otherwise. And this one is Spirits of the Wild. This game is super hard to find because it's out of print, but I heard that they are reprinting it. Good. More people need to play this game. Uh, Spirits of the Wild is a, how would you describe it? Kind of like a bit manipulation? I mean, it's... Game a little bit? A set collection. Yeah. But no card. Well, no, there are cards technically. Your action cards. But the kind of resources are gems instead. Yeah, you've got these little... Uh, kind of pebbly. Pastel kind of pebble guys. And a board where you're trying to collect different types of sets. You've got, you know, like three of one color and two of another color or three of this color. But there, there's enough 
kind of variation because to get these pebbles, some of your actions require that you only get to like put some pebbles into the common supply and your opponent might take the color that you need on their next turn. So there's some good tension. It's adorable. It can be very take that. So much. Like surprisingly so. Because I showed it to my mother-in-law and I was like, ooh, I forgot. This can be pretty <laughs> mean. <laughs> Whoops. Uh, high production quality. Yeah. The pebbles are nice. The action cards are nice. They're little, uh, the little bowl with the pebbles. And yeah. It's just really nice. So, uh, my number six, Spirits of the Wild. My number six is actually a crossover with Spin and my previous top ten two-player games. And that is Mage Wars Academy. It is just so good. This is 2015, Arcane Wonders. Again, everything that Spin's already said, it basically boils down everything that was awesome about Mage Wars and Arena into a faster, quicker game. And I just love it. I love having access to all my cards. If you get frustrated with Magic and or Epic or any of the ones where you have to sit and wait, try this one out. Yeah. It, it also ramps up really nicely, too. Like, just in terms of being able to do cool stuff with the cards. Right. Number five. My number five is... An agility game. What? It is Clask from 2014. I didn't know that Clask was going to be on your list. I like Clask a lot. It's kind of like air hockey, but you don't have to plug it in. (laughs) There's no air. Um, It's, I don't know. I mean, it's a board, not a board. It's kind of like a wooden stand. And you have little guys, and the way you control it is by magnets under the board. And you're trying to get goals or to get little uh, white things to attach to the other person or have them fall in. <laughs> little divots. It's just a lot of fun. It's uh, a great kind of, not party game, because you can only play two players. But everyone I've showed it to has really enjoyed it. Yeah, it, it's... Unless they lose a lot, and then they're like, I don't like that game, but... <laughs> it's a great game. Uh, we were lucky enough to get ours at a consignment sale, but it was missing pieces. It was missing several of those little white magnets. The game refers to them as biscuits. Because um, so, it, it would be pretty easy, especially with kids, to lose this stuff. Yeah. So I actually ended up having to order the replacement pieces from... Was it the UK or Australia? Now I think you can get them pretty regularly. So if you lose stuff, it's okay. Yeah, it like a month later they re-released it here, and I was ready to just punch a hole through something. I don't know, a pillow. Punch a hole through something. Okay. Um, now they have. Is it called Classic Four? Yes. And it's just four player class. I don't think that it's necessary. I've heard that it kind of detracts a little bit. I think it. Plays great at two. Yeah, this is... Because even the four-player air hockey ones you can find, I do find it fun, but it's definitely just chaos. Yeah. Uh, I really like Clask. It almost made my list again. Well, you sound surprised. Did you not think of it? 
I thought of it, but I didn't realize how much you liked it. Uh, what does I that have to I do with that, being on your list, though? Well, I, I didn't add it because I thought, like, uh, maybe, maybe a game like this just doesn't quite cut the mustard for me, even though I have a oh. blast with it. I love this game. But something didn't quite seem right about putting it on there. Okay. My number five is a trading game uh, set collection, and that is Jaipur. Uh, oh, okay. This is, again, kind of a frequent entrant onto lots of uh, yeah. best two-player kind of lists. I really like this game because... Because camels? Aside from the camels, um, you've got a lot of different options on your turn, but you're forced to make hard decisions uh, in terms of what you're collecting or trading. So in Jaipur, you have different goods. You trade the goods either... With the center of the board, there's kind of a common area that you draw from. You can either take one of those goods, you can trade some of the goods in your hand for an equal number of the goods in the center area, uh, or you can trade camel cards for the goods in the center of the area, uh, or take all of the camel cards that are sitting there. And you gain points by trading in sets of these goods. The points are determined by these little discs. It's one of the ones where, like, if you're the first to trade in, like, reds, you get seven points. If you're the second to trade them in, you get six points, and so on. And it's... I don't know. I really like it. I know that uh, it has fallen out of favor with you. Yeah, I don't love it as much as I used to. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, fine. I mean, I will definitely play it if someone asks me to play it. Like, I think it's fun, but it just won't be my choice. And I think it's because you played the mobile version for a while. I have played a lot of Jiper. So, uh, number five, Jiper. Number four. My number four is a game that I hope we can get back to the table again soon. It is Dulasaur Island. Uh, Dulasaur Island is... Spoiler, my number four is also Dulasaur Island. Nice. Uh, Dulasaur Island is Which a... Which is 2018 Pandasaurus. Thank you. Uh, so Dulasaur Island is a game where you and your opponent are trying to build... Jurassic Park. Jurassic I mean, Park. Uh, Dinosaur uh, Island. Yeah. Uh, you are spending... Time to get new dinosaurs or build new attractions, but the game does it in a very kind of cool way with uh, multi-use cards. And I, I don't know, I just had a great time with the game. Uh, it, it's one of those games that makes me want to try the full game, Dinosaur Island. Dinosaur Island. Or, yeah, Dinosaur Island. Thank you for correcting me. But I've heard like Dinosaur Island is this bigger epic longer game and it can be a little bit of a slog sometimes i've heard so dulasaur is nice that it boils it down again and makes it a faster experience and i'm a little worried that if we play the big one it might not play as well with two 
Which makes sense. But they're coming out with... What's the world one? Is it just called Dinosaur World? Dinosaur World. And hopefully, like, maybe that one will be super awesome. But I'm also excited that they're in the same universe, they're coming out with a Rar and Wright. Yeah, so I'm, definitely I'm looking forward to that. picking that one up. Um, but yeah, Dulosaur Island. Uh, just great. I mean, it's the same kind of 80s, super pop, super bright pinks and crazy aesthetic from all other ones. I don't know. It's just really great. Number three. My number three, we pretty sure we've already talked about it. And that is Caro, like kerosene. 2018 Prospero Hall, actually, which is very hit or miss with us, uh, by Hurricane. Hurricane? Yeah. Or Hurricane, maybe, but I just say Hurricane. Did we review it already? We have done a review of this one. Okay. It's an awesome two-player only, kind of real-time-esque, because it's like pockets of real-time. With little timers, which are little gasoline tankers. Yeah, and you use these in such a clever way. Uh, It represents how much fuel you have. Uh, Refilling. Because you need to truck around to all these different areas. Yeah, there's also uh, a dice element. Yeah, so when it's your turn, you roll all of the dice that you have. But before you start... You turn your truck up on its side so it starts draining. So the dice kind of act like, you know, you're going to gather resources. You're going to see this guy. You're going to do that. And you're using your fuel. Your fuel. And so you want to keep trying for the stuff that you need, but you really have to watch your fuel. So you might stop ahead or it's very push your luck. I mean, the whole game is push your luck. And... When you need to refuel, because you're going to have to, because you run out, the other person is rolling your dice and is trying to get matching as fast as possible. So if they're really good at it, you actually don't get to refuel that much. Which, when we played, I was pretty killer at limiting. What I could do. Yeah. Yeah. And then the rest of the game, there's also cards that give you special abilities that also do points and then there's a little bit of area control on a couple of the location spots like there's a uh, quite a bit going on in the small box yeah but it's not overly complicated no it's not uh spoiler alert we'll be talking a little bit more about this one a bit later oh my number foreshadowing foreshadow my number three is Bonanza Duel. Uh, I love Bonanza so much. I mean, my first exposure, probably most people's first exposure, to Uwe Rosenberg, and it is a completely different kind of game than anything... All of most of his other stuff? Yeah, I mean, you get trading in some of his later games, but... With a whole bunch of other stuff. With a whole bunch of other stuff, but this is just pure... You have beans that you were trying to plant and trade uh, and collect sets of. And the original is 3+. plus. The original is 3+. plus And really shines with even more than that. Oh yeah, by far, definitely. Anything with trading, you generally, it's better to have more people. 
So, uh, they made a two-player version, Bonanza Duel, and we kind of wondered how how exactly is that going to going to work? Uh, we we have the. I German... was just I was just seeing if uh, Rosenberg also designed this. I think he did. He did. Um, yeah, we've got the German version. They have since released it in English. Oh, okay. Uh, which would make it a lot easier to, you know, figure out exactly how to play. We've already figured out how to play. Well, yeah, we just had to find the translation the first time. But the way that this one works is you've got a row of cards in the middle that represent each type of bean that you can potentially plant. And uh, you give gifts to the other player, whether they want them or not. And they can go, oh, no, no, please accept this card that I have no desire to plant. And it's just, it's really clever. It has a lot of, a lot of take that. Yeah, it can be really mean. But I like how it's, to me, it feels similar, but it is way different. Like, the theme is there, but... That how they decided to do trading because it's not necessarily trading because trading generally doesn't work with just two. Yeah, it, it's just done very well. It plays a little quicker than base bonanza. A little, way quicker. Uh, you still get the fun artwork. You still. Like, if you like Bonanza, you'll enjoy this. If you have never played Bonanza, you'll enjoy this. If you hate Bonanza, you'll probably have fun with this, because it's a Actually, little different. Actually, I don't love Bonanza, but I really like this version of it. Again, taking something that I don't necessarily love, but boiling it down to a faster, more interesting version... And it's something I really like. I kind of just forgot about this game, honestly. <laughs> number two. My number two is, I'm sure you've been waiting for me to say it, Keyforge. Keyforge! It's not number one. It is not my number Whoa, one. Oh, interesting. Uh, so, Keyforge, if you've heard me blather on about it. Which, in, how could you not? Yeah. CCG. You buy it a deck at a time. Each deck is completely unique. Um, you are trying to collect ether, which is just little tokens. If you get a certain number of tokens on your next turn, you forge a key. First person to forge three keys wins. It's just, it is my favorite CCG. Uh, Richard Garfield knocked it out of the park with this one. And as he does with lots of his other ones. It's true. <laughs> if you uh, don't know who that is. He's the guy who came up with Magic the Gathering. He's come up with a bunch of other games that no one's heard of, too. Um, I mean, I think in a couple of years, people won't know Keyforge either. I hate to admit it, but I think you're right. I don't think... I think Fantasy Flight Games dropped the ball when they rolled it out because they yeah, did the same the thing they did with Destiny is they didn't have enough product yep. for was, a super hyped game. It was really hard to find. 
it was super hard to find and then people were like well if i can't play it now who cares when the reprints come out you gotta get your base in you have to get it hyped enough so when you keep releasing new sets the people want to get them if people can't play games like just like uh are they called magic fridays or Friday Night Magic. Friday Night Magic. Like, people want to get together to play these collectible card games. And when you limit it or didn't produce enough or whatever, and people can't actually get it, you lose that whole let's get together and play the game. Yeah, I mean, I I tried playing at our friendly local game store. Uh, It was Sealed Deck Saturdays. And you'd go in, you'd pay an entry fee and pay for a deck and play against people, and there were multiple weeks where we just did not have enough people to even do it. And that's just really sad, because I feel like it is much more newbie-friendly, because I can go and buy a deck. I don't have to know how to build a deck, or any of that, and it will probably be okay. Like, I have the same... Um, odds of getting a good deck than you do. And even though you know the game. So I think if it just, if it would have just kicked off right or something like that, I know a lot of people felt that it was super gimmicky, but I think it's so interesting. Like they've sold millions of decks and they are all individually different. Yeah. Individually named, individually different, uh, You've got three different factions in each deck. Each faction plays a little bit differently. I do think one of the other things, though, is they would hype things that were different in new sets. Like, what did they call the one where it was the um, creature would be multiple cards? Uh, mass Mutation. In the Mass Mutation set, you were, they were double cards, so... You would need both to create this character, uh, creature, right? Right. We never got one. And we bought, what, five, six uh, decks? And I just feel like if you're going to hype something that much of being something special in these and then just not put it in very much, people are going to be turned off by that. Yeah, and I've noticed Mass Mutation got a lower print run than... Uh, the, especially the second and third expansions. When I've been back to the game store, they've had plenty of the third expansion, which added dinosaurs. Uh, best one, by the way. I love the dinosaurs. But I just asked, because there's another set coming out, and I asked them, our friend local game store, when I went in last time, and they were unsure if they were going to get it. Yeah. It's, and that says a lot. That means it is not selling. It's sad. It is really sad because I love this game so much. And Fantasy Flight just didn't do it right. And I think it's going to wither and die on the vine. And I mean, I'm already seeing uh, places selling the decks for cheap. Yeah, me too. Uh, Like three, four bucks. Yeah. For normally a $10 thing. So My other thing, though, is... As much as I love it, I do feel like once you have a couple of decks, why do I need more decks? Because I can't combine them. Right. 
But that's where these new special things like the double creature come in, but then you can't get it. Yeah, it's it's a bit of an odd duck, but I love it. It um, is pretty fun. Yeah. So Keyforge. My number two, Spin Despises with a thousand <laughs> suns. And that is Curious Cargo. Ugh. Now I know I'm going to get a lot of hate. Because I am called of the new. And my number two and number one are from this year. Wow. But Curious Cargo is so good. It's from Capstone Games, who has really just been killing it. They have been killing it lately. Absolutely. And it's so good. (laughs) We did a review on it. We did. And you can... Hear a squabble about it because I love it and Spin does not. <laughs> and in this game, you are in charge of a factory, and you—it's basically like two-player pipeline. I haven't played pipeline, but if you have, that's what this is. And you have tiles, and you're trying to make them connect to different bays where trucks are coming in, and you want to load what you're making on the trucks. And interestingly. The trucks that you are loading will go across the table to the other person, and then you need to unload those trucks. So you also have to make your tubes and stuff also connect to the incoming. And it is very difficult. It is really difficult, and I'm just I'm not super great with uh, these kind of network builder sort of games. But you like pipeworks. I waterworks. Waterworks, yeah. yeah. Waterworks is a completely different game from a completely different era, though. I mean, that is just a card game where you're trying to play cards to build a good network. And it's basically draw a card and hope you get a good one, and maybe you play a leaky pipe on your opponent. This is building networks, right? It It's building a network, um, but it's kind of more like... It almost seems like a tableau builder a little bit, just, you know, not... A neat and tidy tableau. I don't know. Um, but Curious Cargo, just I can't wrap my head around. And I did not have a great time with it. It seemed a little bit too complicated. It is complicated and because it is brain burnery. Like, how do I get this to work? And then this truck will be coming in. Then, so I need to move... I need to bring in a truck that's three long so it'll line up correctly with the color that I have connected. And oh my gosh, you can flip it over and add an additional color. That seems crazy to me because I wasn't super great at it, but I had a blast. I liked it a lot. And now the moment you probably just fast forwarded to number one. My number one, I'm terrible at drum rolls. That was awful. Shut up. (laughs) Another 2021 game. Do you have any guesses? I'm not entirely sure. It is actually a Steve Finn game. Ah, really? It is Naga Parbat. I did not know that this had become your number one two-player only game. I love this game. (laughs) It's so good. It is so interesting. I find it fascinating. And each time I play it, it kind of like 
reveals a new facet. Like, uh, I like it a lot. It is this very simple seeming, you know, easy to learn, hard to master. You're, you're on mountains. You have different spaces. I think we reviewed this. Yeah, we... Or did we, we not? We reviewed it. I don't know if that review's gone live yet. Oh, review So you'll probably incoming. be hearing it soon. Did we review it? Mm-hmm. Deja vu. Okay. And you are moving around this mountain with this climber. But on each of the different mountain peaks is uh, like six different areas. And if you pick the animal, because they're adorable little animal meeples all over these mountains... Then if I pick the first one, then the climber will jump to the first mountaintop and then spin will be able to pick from that one. So you have to look at what they need to get, where the climber will be going, which animal you need, but also won't super help the other player. And then you also are set collecting with the animals for either the same or different. Then all the animals also have special powers to trade animals around, to trade, because you also put out little meeples. Like when I take an animal, a meeple goes out in that spot. And so I can trade a meeple with a meeple, a meeple with a person. All these different things. Move the climber around. And the other thing is you can take off your meeples and camp. And so you put out little tents. It is a very low scoring game. It is hard to score points. And you can only score five times. I think so, yeah. And then the game ends. Yeah. It It is also a set number of turns. So you got to get going. And if you wait to score, it's like, okay, you have to score this round. Or you're going to forfeit one of your scoring. Yeah, it it is a fun game. I've only played it the one time. Um, but I really enjoyed it. I can already tell that there's a lot of depth there, just like you said. Because my my brain hurt after playing this seemingly simple little, you know, animal gathering set collection area control Frankenstein of a game. Yeah, it does have a lot going on. Uh, but it was really good. I... And you can play it on Board Game Arena if you want to check it out. Yeah, it, very, very good implementation there. And so we actually don't have the physical copy because I didn't kick it. And, but I did pre-order the Kickstarter now, but it hasn't arrived yet. So it hasn't really come out out yet. But man, when it does, check it out. It is really good. Wow, so two 2021 games. I know, I'm that person. You are that person. Well, my number one is going to be a little bit anticlimactic. It is Caro. I knew, Whenever you were like, it's coming later, I was like, oh. Yeah, way to rain on my parade. But Caro is so fun. I usually am not a fan of anything remotely real-time. No, not at all. Not even small timed things that are very limited, which are the only kind I can get you to play. You still don't seem like you're having fun with them. But this, 
I think because it is a little bit of competitive head-to-head real-time. Yeah. And you're actually building towards something with the real-time segments. Like, this is a, time is a resource. It is a literal resource uh, that you're fighting for with those roles. Do you think it's because you get to decide how long the real-time is? It might be. I just thought about that. Like, all the other ones generally have a set timer, and you flip it over, and when it's done, it's done. But in this one, you do have to watch to make sure you don't run out of your fuel. But you get to decide when it's over. You know, I think you have a very good point there. I also think the exact same thing I've been harping on the rest of this. It takes something that you don't like and boils it down and makes a faster two-player game with... Better theme, honestly. Yeah. And it puts it in a package that makes it appealing. Yeah. Um, when we... We kind of got three post-apocalyptic games <laughs> in very short order. Yeah. And I would not have expected Caro to become not only the best of those three, beating Wasteland Express Delivery Service and Fallout. Yeah. But... By far. By far. But to become one of my favorite games... The production is great. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. These little hourglass tanker trucks are super overproduced, and I love it. Yeah, the hourglass sits in this formed truck. And uh, it is just... It's so good. It's so fun. And it super flies under the radar. Yeah. this Get this game. I just can't say enough good things about Caro. And I never thought I'd be saying that about a Prospero Hall. I know. E- even I forgot that it was when I looked up. I was like, whoa. Even my former favorite Prospero Hall game, uh, Horrified. There are still little nitpicky things I have with it. Yeah. Caro, I don't think I've got any anywhere I, that I would want it to improve. I do think I probably like this more than Horrified, honestly. Like, I do absolutely agree with you. Like, this is probably my favorite Prospero Hall game now. But, I mean, it came out in 2018. We found it, what, last year? Yeah. So it took us two years to pick it up. Well, and like last Christmas, honestly. So that's kind of crazy. Yeah, it's... And I heard about it from uh, Z Garcia, who definitely loves Under the Radar games. That is his thing. And then I found it for super cheap, because I I don't think enough people know about it, because... If I would have known about it, I definitely would have picked it up. I love the theme. I love real time. I will definitely try all two-player games because that's what we mostly play. Like, it hits so many things. Dice chucking. So much dice chucking. I love dice chucking. And, yeah, yeah, it combines dice chucking with real time with a cool theme and cool bits. It's just a great production. That's a great choice. So that was pretty interesting. We had three crossovers. And we don't have that many two-player only games. No, so. not at all. Like, So that's pretty shocking. And I crossed over twice with my top ten two-player games from earlier. And you actually only crossed over once. And wasn't that Keyforge? It was Keyforge. I love Keyforge. But interestingly, that was number eight on that one. Hmm. Hmm. Indeed. 
So, what are some of your honorable mentions? Things that didn't quite make the cut. Uh, man, Cullen was an honorable mention. It wasn't even an honorable mention. It was number nine, but then we played Watergate and it got switched out. But I just love Mancala. It's like, I'm talking about the super ancient, couple of troughs, use whatever you got, marbles, pebbles, whatever, and you pick it up, and then you drop, 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 drop. It's just really fun. I like it a lot. It's surprisingly strategic. Yeah, Mancala's good, even though you just wipe the floor with me any time we've played. And in any Mancala-styled game, uh, looking at you, Five Tribes... That's probably why I love Five Tribes so much is because they take that awesome backbone and put a great game on it. One of my honorable mentions is a game that we owned and got rid of because it made you want to flip the table. Kahuna. Kahuna. Uh, Kahuna is... Speaking of Cosmos 2-player. Yeah, Cosmos 2-player. Quite possibly the most cutthroat game like the whole point of the game is extending a middle finger at your opponent <laughs> uh you're fighting for control of these islands and you build bridges between the islands based on cards that you have but it's it. the most dickish way ever you spend all your time trying to get the cards to build these tiny little stick bridges and you're like nope and then you destroy it and i just <laughs> want to flip the table it's a really punishing so area control. Punishing. It's not like, oh, I have five dudes and you came in with seven dudes and you killed me, like Risk or something like that. It's, I spent a lot of time building that bridge. Yeah. Oh, I have two bridges connected to this island that can have five. You have three bridges. Guess what? Your bridge goes away. So does your control. And a lot of times these bridge removals cascade. Yeah. Like there were times when I would strategically remove a bridge from Kristen that would let make her lose control of multiple islands at a time. And she's got a very cool head when it comes to gaming. Like, I I thought she was just gonna smack me a couple of times. <laughs> I generally I generally don't care if I win or lose, especially when I play against other like oh you know let's just have fun but if you're like super competitive and you're an a-hole then i want to beat you because just to prove that you shouldn't be that way <laughs> i'm thinking it was a very specific person but actually a couple now that i think about it but basically i want to beat the alpha gamer yeah because i'm a woman and that, they that is your whole me, personality expect me to prove myself you know what i mean like oh do you do you need help playing pat on head and so i want to beat them but generally i'm very laissez-faire like oh okay you know i won cool that kind we of had thing. a fun time playing a game yeah not this no no i hate that game there are very few games that i just will not play i will not play that game I thought, so I just made a list. The very first thing I do is I looked up the two-player games and wrote all of the ones that we owned out. Jiper didn't even, like I wrote it down, but it wasn't even considered. Wow. Yeah. Very sad tier for Star Wars Rebellion. I think if we still had it, it would definitely be on my list. It feels a little weird to put it on my list because you only let me play it once. 
uh, before you made me get rid of it. But it's really good. Uh, so if you like super asymmetrical games, which I generally don't, but super asymmetrical and you're a Star Wars fan, definitely get Star Wars Rebellion. Now, if you don't like asymmetrical slash two player or you want to play with more players, then definitely get Star Wars Outer Rim. Just get Star Wars Outer Rim. So, uh, I have a couple of very classic games that I considered adding. Hmm. Uh, like chess? Not chess. I'm not a chess guy. I can't. I don't even know how to play chess. No. Uh, I'm talking backgammon. Ooh, backgammon's a good one. Uh, backgammon? And we on that. I wonder why it wasn't on the thing. Hmm. I'm not sure. I really like backgammon a lot. I'm lousy at it. Yeah, I'm pretty terrible, but I have fun doing it. You're pretty terrible, but you're slightly less terrible than I am. <laughs> uh, but it, it's it's fun. Yeah. I mean, there's great strategy in a simple game. I wish that we'd play the points variant with the doubling cube, but Ugh. that's probably getting... I don't want to add complexity to it. Like, it's a very... Not that we do this or... Whatever, but like a very like sit around the fire and drink, you know, hot, hot cocoa, spiked hot cocoa. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, and just like play backgammon. Uh, some game I thought about claim because mm. it had that is also a trick taking game for two, actually. But I had a problem with. Knowing what all the things do, I think that one is just going to be one of the ones where I have to play it more to be more familiar with it, and then I think it'll be smoother. 100%. I, I want to play more of that game. My gut's telling me it's going to sneak in, like, in our number 10s. Oh, later, after we play more? After we play more. Keyforge was on my short list, because I do enjoy it. I just don't feel the need to seek it out. Well, it's because I've got the metric crap ton of decks, too. And I have really good decks, so. Uh, another oldie but goodie, Stratego. Oh, I do love Stratego. Uh, I mean, if you haven't played Stratego, it's concealed values on guys that you're moving around on a grid. And you're trying to find your opponent's flag... I do really want to try. There's actually a new Stratego that came out in 2019 called Spies and Lies, a Stratego Story. Tell me more. It's actually supposed to be pretty good. It's the same kind of secret unit deployment kind of thing. And... Yeah, I mean, you still want to find the flag, and it just, like, adds a couple more things to it. And I've heard it's actually pretty good. Hmm. We'll have to check that one out. Some things that I see pop up a lot on people's lists. Targi. That's mm, that's a lot of people's number one two-player games. So many people love that, and it was fine. I don't love it. I feel like it's super dry, and I find it very boring. The yeah. art's not great. It's just, I don't know. It is not for me. 
it did not do it for us when we played it. Again, Cosmos 2. Is that that one's Cosmos 2 player, right? I think so. Eh, Cosmos not in our collection anymore. Yeah. Another one that I see, or you might think might be on my list, is Claustrophobia. That one's problematic because it's asymmetrical again. And I don't feel like both people get to play the game. No. The person running the bad guys has to play in such a way that the other person still gets to play the game. Because you can make it super punishing and not fun for the person. It's more like you need to DM and the other person gets to play. Yeah, I mean, the first time... Well, and then you get into the debate whether DM is playing, but go ahead. Yeah, the first time we played this, Kristen was just so relentless that I didn't get more than a couple of tiles into the map. But I held back. You just... And that's the thing. You like, could have gone around and got out of it, but you kept going the same way, and that's where my spawn point was. I just... I didn't love it. I didn't love being the monster thrower at her. Well, you didn't get to play that. We only played it once because you, you did not No, have we fun. played it a second time. No, we played it a second time years later. Oh, yeah. Years later. Years later because I always like to be the bad guys. So he's like, I'm going to be the bad guys. But I think in Retribution... Retribution? That's right, right? Yeah. You made it so punishing i couldn't do anything i wasn't even trying to that's the thing like it's just like you said my spawn points were there you had to run a bad luck with some but of there the are certain times where you could have chose to do something else and you didn't you want to know why because screw you that's why. see exactly so we had to get rid of this game uh it was not for us i think we much more prefer co-ops when we're dungeon crawling and trying to beat a bunch of bad guys. Absolutely. Uh, the other kind of classic game that I uh, considered for my short list was Othello, which... It, I, mean, I do really like Othello. I, I like it. I'm horrible at Othello. Like, beyond anything. Yeah, I like mean, I feel bad playing people because I bet they're like, "Oh, that was a dumb move." <laughs> like, what is she doing? But I do enjoy it. But I like backgammon way more. Absolutely. Now, what games did you consider putting on your list, only to realize, wait a minute, this has more than two people, even though it should be a two-player only game? I mean, definitely memoir. Memoir is obvious. Um, cause we had, we had a discussion about my, I was like, well, base game is two players. Yeah. Base game is two players. I mean, you, you fought pretty passionately about that. Um, yeah, I, we love memoir 44. Rum and bones, I think should only be two player. And I disagree with you on that. That one. is BSY. Because I think that it would be very interesting to have multiple people controlling heroes. Um, just because different tactics are going to make for a different style of game. Mm. and I don't want anybody controlling my heroes. 
Well, I mean, that that says a lot right there, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, Santorini. Which oh, yeah, that is definitely a two-player game. Great game. game. Mm-hmm. There's... I think anything that they're trying to shoehorn team play. Yeah. But it's just a two-player game. It is. So stuff like that didn't make the cut, even though there were several that I'm like, oh, yeah, that, oh, that, no. No, that doesn't Now, I know that. you specifically mentioned Solo. What games did you think of? And then you looked and they're like, oh, it has a Solo. You know, uh, I honestly, we have a couple. None of them would have made my list. Oh, interesting. Uh, I, we do have one that we haven't played, Fire by Friedman Freeze. I thought that was a solo only. It has a two-player mode. Is it like a solo game, but there's a two-player variant? That's kind of what it seems interesting. like. Um. Because when I was looking, it came up on the list of two-player games, and I'm, what? Yeah. Hmm. Uh, and then there now, what ag- about agility? Because I didn't even think that it was only two players. Yeah, agility. You love that game. I love that game, but it has. It's been so long since we've played it that I don't even really remember. I don't remember it. How it plays, which is kind of sad, but. I know I, there were dogs, and you had to move along the thing, and that's all I got. Yeah, I mean, I had lots of fun, but clearly not enough fun to remember the game. Yeah, you're right. I would have to look it up. Uh, I, I've just got a vague idea of what I was doing, which yeah. is... I mean, it. it I want to play it. It. It's come up as a potential game to be cold multiple times. Yeah, that's true. And I keep saving it. I think Slide Quest should only be two-player. Yeah, I I agree. Uh, Fog of Love I considered for the list, but we've only played that introductory uh, thing. Yeah, and that that I had fun. It wouldn't make my top ten. You've got to be in a very specific kind of mood to play Fog of Love, and it it's a little role play. Oh yeah, very much so. And if that doesn't float your boat, then. You're going to have a bad time. Yeah, you shouldn't even look at it. It's very... It's more like an exercise. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah. Anything else to wrap up this top ten? No, I mean... We've got surprisingly different lists. Surprisingly different, yeah. We... I mean, obviously... Our podcast is plays well with two, so you'd think that uh, we'd have some more similarity, but it's really interesting to see what did and didn't make it, and uh, we'd love to hear, like, if you've got a particular two-player game, uh, two-player only game, we'd love to hear from you guys. Uh, Let us know. Because it's something that we may want to check out if we've never Yeah, maybe we're missing something really good, like Caro. Yeah, perfect example. Other thing is, if you have ideas for other top tens, please let us know because you guys love them, so we would like to give you more of them. But I really like the, you know, more creative ones. Not that this is one at all, but (laughs) we know you guys love two players. We also have some very exciting news. Can't wait to... uh talk about this we are going to start 
a website. Yay! We'll finally have one place you can go to get all the junk we put out. And this website is going to have posts uh, that correspond to these podcasts. So it's going to be uh, inlaid so you can listen to it right there. But it's also going to be like a small write-up. And then you'll also get to see all of our photos because... I mean, that's one of the downsides to podcasts is you can't see how awesome these games are. And when we talk about it, it's good to see them. So now you can go and see all of our photographs from the games. Yeah. And Kristen is a very good game photographer. I love looking at the photos, looking at how they come out. Occasionally, you know, one of mine will make it onto uh, a post or something. But I, the photos are definitely a high point for me. Another thing that you'll get to see is the infamous Board of Reckoning. It's going online, folks. In real time. And you'll also get a list of our Shelf of Opportunity, all the games that we have to play. And so you'll be able to tell us if you specifically want something, and maybe it'll push it to the top. And, should have led with this, it is... Plays well with two.com. Oh, yeah. That, that's really, kind of important. Really easy for you. Uh, so. And so you can go on there right now. It is not live, but you can go on there right now and sign up with your email. And we will let you know when we do go live. So you won't miss it. We look forward to you seeing it. Thanks for joining us at the game table. Catch new episodes every Wednesday-ish. Have feedback or just want to say hi? Find us on Instagram at placelevel2. And on Board Game Geek, at Spinch, and at Kitty Paws Nine, and on Twitter at Plays Well with Two, the number, not the word. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.